You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back, beautiful people, ladies and gentlemen, everybody to the Sports Headline Show in the first installment of the 32-part series of the NFL Preseason Power Rankings. This will this uh, series will start with a team that's in the middle of a rebuild, or really just began the rebuild this offseason with a very, very significant trade that actually directly impacts Sean's Los Angeles Chargers. But those Chargers are not number 32. Instead, the number 32 team is the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Um, this, this Seattle Seahawks team, they're 32. If they're not the 32nd or the worst team in the NFL next season, that honestly wouldn't surprise me. But just on paper, look but at they're the, gonna the, be close. I they're mean, gonna be they're, close. They're not a good team in the most important position in the league. They've got the, the worst, worst starter. The worst starter. I mean, but um let's kick things off by looking at some of the key departures and additions for this upcoming season. So obviously the biggest one is they lost Russell Wilson. Uh, top 10 quarterback in football. That's not good when you lose him. Uh, Ken mm-hmm. Oren Jr., your defensive coordinator, Joe Everett, Dwayne Brown, Brandon Shell, Carlos Dunlap, uh, Bobby Wagner, probably the biggest and most notable defensive departure, although he took a step back last season for Seattle. Um, and then some Still other Quite a good linebacker, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good team leader uh, that they're going to be missing. Um, and a guy that just is a tackling machine and, and not in the Blake Martinez way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they lost DJ Reed and uh, some other edge players as well. More really affected. Why don't we go back? Go back. Um, and then we, uh, in terms of additions, Drew Locke, eh, Noah Fan. Uh, they added some pieces to the offensive line. Uh, Uchenna Owosu was, I guess, the big splash for them of free agency. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Shelby Harris Shelby came Harris. over in that Russell Wilson trade along with Fanton Drew Locke. And then I do to... like their draft, though. Yep. I think they, they drafted good players in the first four rounds. Um, you could argue about Kenneth Walker and his draft choice, but we'll get to that when we get, analyze the running back room. So if you want to go ahead and give a quick summary of those four. Yeah, so let's move on to their coaching scheme for Seattle for next season. So Pete Carroll, obviously the head coach. We have Shane Waldron, who I kind of like actually, uh, but the biggest thing is, you know, he's just kind of. Let's uh, say, let's say you like you like the scheme that he runs, um, not necessarily him as a coach. But I don't think he was it, terrible last year. But I just think there are a lot of really really good coordinators. Um, but I, I, you got to see. He what, is a he is a below average guy when you look at the grand scheme of things. Um, he's a below average coordinator with room for growth, potential growth coming this year, but it's not going to look like a lot of growth just because of Drew Locke. Like if Drew Locke has a good season, it's going to be because of Shane Waldron, not because Drew Locke, Drew Locke finally player. realized his potential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to rank 30th overall offensively. Again, this offense is really, really bad. Um, but Shane Waldron, I, I do like the scheme a lot, obviously, running this Kyle Shanahan wide zone offense. But like him, uh, Sean, Sean McVay is more of a Sean McVay disciple. Uh, so him, McVay, and uh, the Bengals with Zach Taylor, the Sean McVay disciples, if you will, they run a lot more 11 personnel. 
as compared yeah. to the real Shanahan guys, where it's just heavy packages. We're going to run a lot of 12 personnel and some bigger packages. So, um, yeah, so he's going to get a lot of the quick game going. The receiver should be really, really good. Um, it's just you lock sucks, and let's get to their uh, quarterback room. Where yeah, uh, Quick note on uh, that 12 personnel, um, or the 11 personnel. They still have two solid tight ends in Fant and Disley, but Noah Fant isn't much of a blocker. Um, so I think we might see some Noah Fant in the slot out wide. Um, but again, we'll expand on that later as well. Yeah, but this quarterback crew, and by the way, at the top of your screen, you'll see the grade they get. Um, well, we can kind of explain really, really quick, Warner, if you don't mind. So the grade in parentheses that you see right there is a grade out of 10. And at the very end, we use like an average or whatever and you'll get a grade out of 100 eventually. Um, Correct. But let's look at this quarterback. And, and the, the the benchmark, um, don't confuse this with Madden ratings. This is not Madden ratings. Um, this has nothing to do with the video game, except for the players that are listed. Um, this is where seven is average. And, um, you know, you're going to have your nines or your elites. Um Quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Brady, Burrow, Herbert, um, and I think two or three other guys got in the nines as well. But they will be released as the uh, as the series progresses. So yeah, Drew Locke. Let's just say he is well below average at five point two. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Geno Smith ends up being their starter at the end of the year. Yeah, that's a fair point. I just think Drew Locke right now, day one, probably gives him the highest upside. And I think... And, and he's probably going to start anyways. He's probably going to start. For yeah, for at least the first few weeks of the season. Um, but yeah, Drew Locke, just a really bad quarterback. Some of the accuracy stuff. He just doesn't really have the mental side of the game. He has an okay arm and some some scrambling ability. But Even so, his, his arm, his pure arm talent in terms of ball velocity is poor placement is sporadic accuracy yeah. is spotty mm-hmm. uh he's just he's just a very not good quarterback and when you combine that with n- very little mental capabilities um in terms of reading defense managing an offense um he's not a game manager he's not a locker room leader and he's not a explosive playmaker uh, at the quarterback position he just doesn't really give you anything yeah, and then you um, have Geno Smith and Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason is not good. He's n- probably not going to get a big opportunity unless a big injury happens to Geno or Drew Locke. Um, but yeah, this is your quarterback room. I think Seattle is content with it for right now, knowing that if we're not good. We're going to get one of those uh, touted draft. Bryce Young prospects. is coming up. Here Bryce in Young, CJ Stroud, yeah. Caleb Williams could declare as well, mm-hmm. I believe. So um, yeah, so let's move on to this running back room and. The running back or the running game on both ends of the ball, both sides of the ball, sorry, um, is probably two of the biggest strains. They can run the ball at a decent rate. They have a really nice uh, run running back room. And then the run defense, we'll get to that later, is pretty solid as well. But Rashad Penny, I think he's probably going to be the starter, or he should be anyway. I think he's a better back than Chris Carson. But Warner and I were talking to probably let Penny and Carson go at some point because mm-hmm. that And that's Kenneth- why I don't hate the Kenneth Walker draft pick. In the second round, it's your rebuilding team. Why you take? Why would you take a running back in one of the early rounds? Um, really, on the first two days of the draft, why? Why even do it when you well, guys when you have guys like 
um, Aaron Jones, I believe Alvin Kamara was a uh, later pick as well. You know, you have some elite running backs that have been drafted in the later rounds. Um, so why take a guy like Kenneth Walker, no matter how good he actually is, and, and he could be a very good back, he might have end up starting um, as the year progresses, especially because of how injury prone both Rashad Penny and Chris Carson are. Um, but that's that's kind of the only reason why I'm why I'm OK with that with that draft pick. Yeah, agreed. And um, yeah, that's the only real explanation. But in terms of just a running back room, Warner, what are we expecting here from this running back room of Shaw Penny, Chris Carson, Kenneth yeah. Walker, and DJ Dallas? Yeah, we kind of just breezed over DJ Dallas there. But Chris Carson obviously is a very powerful back. He's the he's the guy that you know you pull a guard, maybe throw a fullback in there, and if you get past all those guys, Chris Carson's going to run you over anyways. Um, he is pretty much irrelevant when it comes to the receiving game. He may rack up a lot of catches um, because he's seen the field a lot uh, or because they're, they, they're throwing a lot of check downs. Um, but Rashad Penny, while he was healthy last year, had some very, very good games that he played. Um, explosive back. He was a first-round draft pick for a reason. And, and Kenneth Walker as well. Explosive guy, probably their best receiving option. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Coming out of Michigan State, running in the Big Ten um, behind some some good offensive lines, but uh, you know trying to attack some very stout defensive fronts. Um, you know he he's as I said earlier, he he very well might end up starting for this team. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous. But let's move on to this receiving room. Warner that definitely is the highest grade of yeah. the for this team. And they're going to rank 13th. They're going to rank 13th for a receiving room that obviously is headed by DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. D. Extridge, uh, I probably botched that name, but uh, D probably being the third receiver and you know, mixing some slot touches with him and Tyler Lockett. You have Freddie Swain as well, who played a lot of the slot last year. Noah Fant, probably your starting tight end, a good receiving tight end. Will Disley um, being your second tight end. But that's why Warner, back to Warner's point earlier, um, you know, you'll probably see some mixtures of 12 personnel because they do have two good tight ends. It's not like the Rams didn't go 12 at all because they had Gerald Everett at one time along with Tyler Higby. So, yep. yeah. And then Kenneth Walker is probably your best running back option for receiving. For receiving. So, um, yeah, what, what, what's your take on this receiving room, rank 13th? You know, they've got, they've got two number one guys, uh, even if they're low in number ones with DK, Tyler Lockett. Um, the beautiful thing about this receiving room was uh, their quarterback, really, uh, Russell Wilson, because of the deep physical dominant presence of DK Metcalf and the ability of Tyler Lockett to really beat a receiver or beat a corner with his speed, but also his smooth uh, agility and in and, and his hips uh, mainly and run those, you know, DK running those deep crossers and Tyler Lockett running a great post corner, corner post deep post, whatever it is, um, that makes this Shanahan McVay um, scheme so effective. And and that was Russell Wilson throwing those two very talented, almost perfect for the scheme guys, balls 60 yards downfield, right into the breadbasket. And without that, they're definitely going to see a hit. But Noah Fant is an an athletic uh, tight end who can be a valuable receiving option especially with um, Drew Locke coming from, you know, being teammates with Noah Fant. 
Um, you know, it, it's the only problem with this room is it falls off after DK and Tyler Lockett and, and kind of no fan as well. Will Disley's fine. Cody, Colby Parkinson is fine. You've got two rookies in Bo Melton and Cade Brewer. Um, I guess Kenneth Walker would be a third as well. But uh, D. Eskridge, Freddie Swain, Marquise Goodwin, uh, those guys just, those veterans don't move the needle for me. Um, and when you have such poor quarterback play, they're not really going to be able to move the needle. Like, like, if you have a guy like Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Herbert. all the, the plethora of guys that I named earlier when we were talking about how bad Drew Locke was, if you had those guys, Sure, Marquise Goodwin's speed uh, could really take a top off of defense or Freddie Swain's craftiness or Diaz. Th- those guys could be effective receivers when you have quarterbacks who can simply throw them open. Um, but with a guy like Drew Locke, we talked about the sporadic accuracy and placement issues, the kind of lack of zip on the ball, plus making poor reads. I mean, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster, um, especially if DK or Lockett either gets hurt or gets traded um, during the year, which which wouldn't really surprise me. DK Metcalf is coming up on a uh, potential contract extension. Um, So definitely their best room, though, overall. Yeah, no, and do you think at all, like, if they had Russ still, we might have ranked this receiver room just a tad bit higher because you're looking at it and you're like, okay, Freddie Swain probably plays a little bit better than he would with Drew Locke. Well, he would. Uh, D. Eskridge probably will play better than he would with Drew Locke. Um, not saying like that's exactly how our evaluations go. Like we do more yeah, just no, focus it, on talent, but like we would probably feel a little bit differently on a Freddie Swain or a no, or a, a D. Eskridge, for example, because they would in the offense. And, and really, it's offense. not even not even about those guys. It's more about Metcalf and Lockett because I mean, you don't always want to run twelve personnel, but this team. With these, the, the plethora of weapons they have, Noah Fant, Will Disley. Will Disley's a better blocker than Fant is. Fant's an explosive tight end that can kind of stretch the field. You combine those two guys with DK Tyler Lockett, I mean, play action, right, running the ball, play action, and shots. Yep. Um, whether they're play action shots or straight dropbacks would be absolutely electric. And we, we've we seen it with Russell Wilson and those two receivers throughout the year since DK was drafted, really. Um, uh, and, and, you know, without that, uh, it hurts. It does hurt them just a little bit, yeah. All right, let's move on to this offensive line, which they kind of sort of addressed, but it's still the worst in football. I think just barely beating out the Panthers, who is also really, 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 really bad. But I, Warner, call me crazy. I don't think to be the worst offensive line in football for that much longer. I think there is some upside there. I like Charles Cross a lot. And as a rookie, we missed the rookie sign there. But as a rookie, he's probably going to be the best pass protector on their offensive line year one, which is insane. He's probably their best lineman, yeah, coming in week yeah, one. Yeah, coming in week one. Damian Lewis isn't bad. Uh, I, I like the Abraham Lucas uh, draft pick as well. So there, there is some talent and some upside on this offensive line. Um, and it, you have Liam Ryan, Stone Forsyth, and your offensive tackle depth. Uh, Gabe Jackson is an okay uh, replacement level starter, maybe. But, so, but the problem is really is if, okay, Charles Cross goes down, Drew Locke is dying. Or if 
Damian Lewis goes down or one of your interior guys, nobody's the running lanes, which are already kind of clogged or even extra clogged because the, your depth isn't that great behind those guys. So um, I think going in next year, when they're going to be, they're going to be bad again, you maybe you'll get a quarterback with one of your first draft picks. And then you go address the offensive line in free agency in the draft. We're talking a year or two. I like what Seattle is doing with their offensive line. I think there is some potential there going in the future with Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross. I think there's definitely a way for them to kind of fast track the revival of their offense, um, mm-hmm. assuming they can hit on a quarterback. Uh, yeah. You're not just going to replace Russell Wilson just like that. I mean, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. I don't care how many MVP votes he's gotten. But I do like uh, drafting three offensive linemen um, mm-hmm. in, in the draft, especially two in the first two days. Um, with with Cross out of Mississippi State, really like really like him. He was one of our top prospects, and then Abraham Lucas and Liam Ryan as well. Um, you you got to build up the youth, take shots on um, you know quality prospects, and and coaching is oh so important. You've got the scheme that can protect the offensive line. We've seen it with the Niners. If we're being honest, those Niners offensive not, lines have had a couple. We've seen of- it. We've seen it with them and, and also Green Bay, who's starting, I think, yeah, two, two or three like day three picks. Um, yeah. like John Runyon Jr. I don't care how good his dad was, John Runyon Jr. <laughs> has turned into a very, very solid uh guard for that team. And and even Josh Myers, who wasn't a day three pick, but probably could have been a day three pick, um, uh, was playing well before his injury. And, um, you know, who knows whether Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins would be all pro guys had they not been be playing with a guy like Matt LaFleur. I'm not trying to say, you know, they'd be replacement level starters, but, you know, it, 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 the scheme definitely helps. Um, and, and adding that with three solid, potentially uh, very explosive running backs, um, it, I like the direction they're heading, heading with it. Agreed. And like you said, I think they can fast track this offense a little bit. So let's wrap up the offense by looking at some of their strengths and weaknesses. So we listed, they got some dynamic playmakers. Let's give them credit there. Whether you look at the receiving room or you look at the running back group, they have some dynamic playmakers. DK, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, Noah Fant. Uh, They have some of that. And again, three quality running backs. So I just mentioned this is a quarterback friendly scheme. So Drew Locke is going to, hopefully he play a little bit better um this is also yeah. a, a very offensive line friendly scheme as well but they do have the worst quarterback in football we're starting quarterback in football anyway uh the offensive line woes are really really troubling obviously and then health like if one of these guys go down and they have especially a lot of guys that have in injury, the running back room let's, the, let's emphasize the running back room now yeah the point you're about to make with lack of depth uh doesn't really apply with the running back room because no. of yeah. the kenneth walker draft pick but uh, yeah, offensive line, receiving room. Um, but they got a I bunch of guys really with quarterbacks either because, you know. Yeah, but they got a bunch of guys with some injury concerns. Like if one of yeah. these guys go down, like on the offensive line, in the receiving room specifically, man, you're in trouble. But the, the health part is really looking at that running back group because Chris Carson has a bunch of health concerns. Rashad Penny. And Rashad Penny has even more. Yeah, so um, the offense is going to rank 30th. Is that accurate? 31st, 31st. Um, this offense is going to ring. But um, again, I think there is some potential there. I think it's just going to be a rebuild. But Seattle might not be rebuilding for that long. But um, 
Let's take a look at the defensive coaching and scheme for the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to rank 27th in defensive coaching and scheme. So this is Sean Desai's baby. He's uh, going to be the probably the defensive play caller, even though Clint Hurt is the defensive coordinator. Coming from Chicago, being that big Fangio uh, kind of disciple there. They're going to rank 31st in defense. So it's 30th offense, 31st defense. Sorry, scramble that up yep. a little bit. Um, coaching and scheme 27. They're going to run like a 3-4 split, split safety scheme defensively. But uh, Sean Desai, I do like the coordinators. I just think we need to see more from them because Sean Desai was in Chicago last year, a little, you know, a little rocky at times. But I do think there is some upside from those coordinators. If they had good years, it wouldn't surprise me. But um, more about real quick, just to uh, make a point, let's 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 uh, look at their some of their strengths and weaknesses because there's not really many strengths. <laughs> uh, they do have a solid run defense group, and we'll see that in a minute. But weaknesses: no real pass rush threat. Weak coverage unit and the lack of star power is going to hurt that. And no matter how good or bad their coaches are, it, that's pretty much impossible to overcome because you've got to either have very good coverage, very good pass rush, or some sort of impact star player that, um, you know, you may not have a deep pass rush, but you may have a Bosa brother, or you may not have a a strong coverage unit, but you have uh, Jalen Ramsey or Denzel Ward or Marshawn right. Lattimore, you know, one of those, one of those guys, or or even, or even a safety. Um, now they have, they have less of a, an impact on the overall coverage, but especially in this zone heavy scheme. Um, I mean, they're, they're rolling out with Jamal Adams as, as one of their safeties. So we'll, we'll, we'll look at that in a minute, but um Let's start with the pass rush, I guess, and um, Which it's is, terrible. It's dead last in the entire NFL. We're not just hating on them and stuff like that, guys. I promise we have, we've had some angry Seahawks fans in the past. Uh, but in general, mm-hmm. Wosu, if he's your number one pass rusher, good. I mean, Sean just watched that guy for luck. a whole year. He had a Bosa brush, he brother, had a next Bosa to him. brother on the other side. It couldn't he, do anything. It couldn't do anything. He had legit maybe in two fact, good games. Like if has, you he, want, if you if you'd be so kind to look up his pressure numbers from uh, from last season, they're terrible. I mean, I think he was under forty. I'm you're I'm playing sure next. To, you're 40. playing next to Joey Bosa. Yeah, and legit, he he had like two good games. He had a really good game against the Chiefs in L.A. The game we lost, but that's neither here nor there. You have some solid interior rush as well. Shelby Harris, Puna Ford is fine. Uh, Daryl Taylor is okay. He could actually have a really good year next year. Wouldn't really surprise me. But if Ochenna Owosu is your big flashy pick from free agency and he's your number one edge rusher, good luck. Um, this probably needs the most wor- work in their entire roster outside of quarterback. Um, yeah, because you you really need to have a, at least one standout pass rusher to be really really good defensively. Uh, and I mean. Unless you even the have hope of being solid defensively, yeah. Really. Unless you're the I mean, Bills. if you look at the charges from last year, Bosa is probably top five, top eight pass rusher. There's so many good pass rushers, dude. Yeah. Um, but he's he's basically a top five pass rusher, and he had Shannon Rosie next to him. And I mean, you can you can tell this firsthand. The Chargers' pass rush wasn't that good. It was I mean, not good. It was awful. I, unless Joey Bosa yeah. was so, um, You know, it, it's. It's going to be a struggle opposing quarterbacks, especially the NFC West, who's filled with a great opposing quarterbacks. They're going to struggle. Um, this yeah. is definitely a far fall from 
Um, oh man, Cliff Averill and forget the other guy, Cliff Averill and whoever Michael else at the Legion of Boom. Was it Michael, Michael Bennett? Bennett was one of the uh, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Though. Okay, yeah, Michael we'll, Bennett we'll, definitely. We'll, we'll move on. Michael boy, Bennett definitely deserves props, but um, boy, Mafe, and, and, you know, I kind of like too, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. this. This room is terrible. They're, they're going to have to heavily address this in the draft and free agency. Uh, moving on, however, you get some optimism. So let's start to look at their uh, run defense, which, again, rank 17th is a really nice run defense room. Um, currently, you have, so let's start with the linebackers. You have Jordan Brooks, Cody Barn, Jamal Adams. This is honestly where he's going to make his biggest impact is in the running, uh, is in the run defense. Matt and Blitzing, we probably should have listed him as a pass rusher. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they would have gone a little bit of a higher grade. Little, little uh, strong yeah. safety blitz. Yeah. Kind of three strong safety. But you have Quandre Diggs as well. Uh, and then, th- I mean, granted, internal low suits, okay, depending on the run. Puna Ford, Shelby Harris, Daryl Taylor, they're going to get stopping the run. It's going to be like, there's going to be some matchups where teams' offensive lines are just going to be so physically imposing, it won't matter. But Seattle, you're not just going to be able to punk this Seattle Seahawks run defense group, I feel. Uh, you'll be able to throw all over them, but uh, you're not going to be able to punk them in the run defense. I think they have some solid players up, up on the front of the line. And then those linebackers, again, Jordan Brooks is good against the run. Cody Barnes, solid. I, I do like what they have on the run defense side. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree. Um, I would agree on that. And I think another point to be made um, is, you know, Shelby Harris is going to be a leader. For that team uh, yeah. coming over from Denver, that's what he did there. Um, and and when you have kind of that guy, especially being your best run defensive interior lineman, um, it's it's going to make things a little easier, a little bit more cohesive. Um, there's going to be better communication, and um, then you have a guy like Jamal Adams, who's also kind of a, a team leader, um, somebody who kind takes of. pride takes pride in his his run defense and able to like read plays so um you can you combine those two together i think it'll take some pressure off of more suspect guys like uchen and wosu and, and darrell taylor is it darrell or daryl i shouldn't ask you you're terrible with names <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right let's move on just throw me under the bus there let's move on to the next group and it's the linebackers which back right back to the dog hole there uh, not a good running back. It's a dog line. hole. Dog I haven't hole. heard that one before. Yeah, I don't know. I just came up with that one on the fly. Um, the linebacker group ranks 31st in football. Uh, Jordan Brooks is their best guy outside of coverage. Like, he could do a lot of the things you want, not name coverage. Um, good against the run. <laughs> He's their best linebacker in terms of blitzing by far, actually. But Cody Barn is significantly better in coverage. He And Cody Barnes is not even that good in coverage, honestly, but... In terms of comparing him to Jordan Brooks, he is by far better than Jordan Brooks in coverage. It shouldn't be that close, actually. Um, Tanner Muse is your third linebacker, I guess. You have Levy Jones, who you just drafted as a rookie. Um, I feel Chris like Chris with- Clemens, Chris Clemens, and Bruce Irvin. There we go. Chris yeah. Clemens uh, was 20, I want to say 12. Today. Sounds, no, that sounds right, right? Yeah, 2012 Seattle Seahawks. Yep, there Thanks, we go. Thanks, Pro Football Reference. Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator, lost to the Falcons in the divisional round. Yep. But um, 
I feel like, honestly, with this linebacker room, unless Levi Jones somehow pans out, I, I, I think that this linebacker room is capped out. I don't think you're going to have much potential from this linebacker room. Um, so You got to bring yeah. somebody in or hope Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks is a good athlete. Don't, don't get me no, wrong. He's a, he's, he's a really good athlete. He just can't cover. He just needs to learn how to cover. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, they're going to have to add more talent through the draft, um, just probably not in the first round because first-round linebackers don't pan out too well usually. But uh, moving on to the secondary, also quite terrible. Sidney Jones, Trey Brown um, working on the outside, Justin Coleman uh, from the slots. Uh, now, I know you love this guy. You uh, thought that the Patriots should have taken uh, him before the fourth round, and that's Kobe Bryant out of uh, the University of Cincinnati. Um Listen, they ain't too good at man coverage, and oh, he's wearing the UC polo too. Is that there a polo? That's a polo. Quarter zip? Polo. Whatever. I have a quarter zip. Um, but um, I honestly wanted the Chargers to kind of take Kobe Bryant if we could, day two with our third round pick, but we took JT Woods. I'm more than happy with JT Woods. We'll get to that in the Chargers episode. But um, no, I, I think Kobe Bryant has the potential. Woods and should have been Kobe Bryant <laughs> on Twitter at JT Woods. Oh, man. Uh, Kobe Bryant, I think, has potential to be a, a, a high-end number two corner. Um, and throwing him in, honestly, if he took Trey Brown's spot this year, I would not be surprised. I don't think Trey Brown's that good. Uh, now, right now, he is their best guy in man coverage. But that's because Sidney Jones is really just in the zone principles right now. Yeah, and, and they don't they don't play a lot of man. They don't play a lot of man. Um, so, so yeah. like, yeah, Trey Brown's best in man, but they don't run man like that. So it doesn't really yeah, matter it, how bad. Sidney Jones is. Uh, obviously, Jamal Adams is the best against the run. Um, Quandre Diggs is that bad against the run either. They have some solid depth. And that's something I would I like to highlight this. Quandre Diggs because I think he slept on a lot. Um, yeah. Now, Not by no is. means is he one of the premier safeties, free safety center, fields, uh, center fielders in the NFL. Not close. But he's, he's a solid player um, back even in his Detroit days. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think he's, I think he's slept on, but now as he ages, he's losing some athleticism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Probably going to be replaced in the next few years, but um, I don't want to be, I don't want him to be slept on either. And, and, you know, they have experience uh, in, in depth uh, in the corner room with Artie Burns, Zuko Amadi, yep. uh, to kind of bring guys like Kobe Bryant and, and Tariq Woolen uh, up through, through the uh, the ranks, I guess you could say, even though we think Kobe Bryant outranks both of those two guys. Yeah, and that was just going to be my last point about the secondary room. I will give them credit. They have some nice depth. Uh, Ugo Amadi, he played a lot of slot snaps last season, so if Justin Coleman does go down or some something does happen, you can slot him in there at, at slot corner, and he'll be just fine. Um, as well as Marquise Blair, who uh, graded yeah. out pretty well uh, in uh, main coverage. And Ryan Neal, you know, they, you could, they could run a – Three safety look with Jamal Adams down low, um, playing slot. Which when you play cover three, the slot guys usually curl. Really, most zone coverages they're they're hook curl, curl flat, um, player. So, uh, but yeah, moving on um, to Mister. We'll we'll recap defensive strengths and weaknesses real quick for you, even though we went over them. Again, if you learn anything, we like the run defense group. They're solid. Uh, that's the nicest word solid, we can come with <laughs> um grading up just above average uh, as you can see right here both in their placement in the league and also their their grade how he graded them 
Um, but then, yeah, lack of star players, especially in the two places. And it's going to be an age-old debate. Would you rather have elite coverage or elite pass rush? Well, here's my answer. Elite coverage is harder to find, um, and it's it's uh, more volatile, more likely to explode and break down if somebody falls, the play is destroyed. Um, but I believe it's more effective than an elite pass rush unit Although the pass rush unit is easier to um, easier to develop, draft, sign, and um, keep around as well, but um, when you lack star players in both those departments and really solid players in both those departments, it's a it's a no bueno. So let's look at their final grade, get into their schedule, and we will get you guys going on about your day. Um, General Manager John Snyder is going to have his work cut out for them uh they their final grade is a 64.32 so um quite above uh, below average um i would say yeah quite a below average grade i, I have to think pete carroll at some point is gonna be on his way out soon not like he first off he's Just on the decline of age really be, because I mean, of Seattle age loves him he's declining he's meant and I, so much to that team but yeah I, he's just old and and i just think you need a fresh face in that locker room especially just to start the rebuild and you know the yeah. turn the page i think you're going to need somebody else in that establish locker room a new culture establish a new culture uh, but i also think expectations you, stop think, getting stop fantasizing about running the ball on the one yard line <laughs> i just, think you could have bits and pieces from a Pete Carroll uh culture oh, sure. but Move i think carol into a front office role or into or like a, as a, 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 a consultant or something like that um yeah i maybe don't know not a draft I, yeah, maybe not a draft yeah I, I was about to say yeah. the same thing and then i was like <laughs> but um let's move on to their, quite a great as good of a track record as let's go yeah let's go to their schedule and then let's get you guys out of here so the Vegas over under is five and a half games. So let's see what they can go, do for the podcast. People that don't see this. So week one, they have the Denver Broncos at home. I have them beating the Broncos because again, week one in Seattle, Monday night football, Pete Carroll is going to want to win this game. And uh, Seattle's going to be loud. It's going to be rocking. That's going to be a fun game to watch. And it's going to be that the Super Bowl. That is a Sean Davis storyline pick, by the way. I, I, uh, uh, this I don't is- Maybe the Broncos aren't as cohesive after the trade. Uh, although I don't see why the Seahawks would be either because they also got a lot of new yeah. players. But, but this um, is this is going to be the Super Bowl for the Seattle Seahawks in week yeah. one against the Denver Broncos. The rest of the season is going to be downhill. Down and down and down. So they're going to lose to the Niners in week two and them beating the Falcons week three at home. They're going to lose week four against the Lions, lose week five against the uh, Saints. They're going to beat the Cardinals week six at home. I think they give the Cardinals a lot of troubles. Uh, no DeAndre Hopkins still. He'll still be suspended. And that'd just be a trap game, I guess, for Arizona. The lose to the Chargers, although if my Chargers somehow lost this game, I promise you that would not surprise me. We lose one game a year to some crap team. Mishap, I'm calling it. Huh? Some sort of foot-on-ball mishap. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, a running back fumbling it and booting it, or if it's going to be a shanked punt. Or it's going to be something. Or, or, but anyway. Something foot-on-ball is going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty for the Chargers. Anyway, they're gonna uh, they're gonna going lose on week, week eight. The gonna Giants uh, hosting the Giants. That's gonna be. I think it can be a close one. Uh, but give them a loss there, uh, and then at the Cardinals, Cardinals get their revenge. DeAndre Hopkins is back, um, and then right before the bye week, they host the Buccaneers, which let's Yikes. just say won't be pretty. Won't be pretty. 
They have their bye week, week 11. They uh, then, it, as you guys can see here watching the YouTube side, it's going to be a downward spiral. They lose to the Raiders week 12, lose to the Rams week 13, lose to the Panthers week 14, lose to the Niners week 15. Panthers another winnable game, though. It's a winnable game. They're going to lose to the Chiefs week 16. They're going to beat the Jets week 17, and they're going to lose to the Rams to close out the season to finish with 4-13 and 13 record. The Vegas over-under is 5.5, so I would confidently bet the under there if you're a betting man. Um, or gal, uh, I would confidently bet under five and a half. But at the same time, if Seattle somehow mustered six wins, I honestly would not be surprised. This is a Pete Carroll coach team. They're going to fight. They're not going mean, to back they down. Could turn, they could turn around the Panthers. They could turn around the Giants. The Lions. And, uh, they could turn around the Lions. As, as low as we are on and, the Cardinals. And maybe even the Saints, depending on what kind of James Winston we have. Yeah, that too. Um, and maybe even the now Cardinals. The Saints that... still have a stout defense, and mm-hmm. you guys will see that if you watch the Saints episode. Um, but five picks in a game is five picks in a game. And uh, we'll see if we see that from James. Yeah, they could also probably turn around that second Cardinals game because, as you guys will see eventually. Sweep the Cardinals? They could. Wow. We are, like, we're low on the Cardinals. So it would Yeah, the Cardinals me. don't have too good of a defense no more. And it's just uh, Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins offensively. <laughs> so yeah. how how and good maybe, do you feel maybe about a Rondale Moore toe tap? And may, yeah, maybe a Rondale Moore. They don't even tap. have formerly highest paid receiver in the league, Christian Kirk anymore. Uh, oh boy, unbelievable! <laughs> oh, Thank you so much for tuning into this breakdown of Seattle Seahawks in the first installment of our preseason NFL power rankings. We put a lot of work into this, so we really appreciate it. If you would go over to our YouTube channel, the Sport Ten Line Show, if you listen to the podcast. Go over to the YouTube channel and hit that like button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on that post notification bell as well so you can stay up to date with all of our preseason in-depth power ranking series. Or if you're just watching on YouTube, go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a a like and give us a five-star rating and review. We would so greatly appreciate that. It's the easiest way to help support the show. You can follow our show's Twitter account at SportsHandline8. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore D-A-B-I. You can follow Warner somewhere. He doesn't really care about Twitter. But uh, thank you guys so, so much for watching. Warner, thanks for hopping on. This is, as always, a ton of fun. And we're on the road to the NFL football season. On the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Making music with my friends on the road again. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.